Welcome to the Triple F Podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not-so-hidden temptations. We are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring to the show people who know what they're talking about and help you with some of these aspects of your life. You live life only once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Jeff Gaffney, co-founder of Smoke Syndicate Competitive Barbecue Team and Ironside Barbecue, a catering business that utilizes a exterior cooker to cook all of the barbecue. I've actually known Jeff for quite a few years and putting this podcast together over the past couple months, I've been so excited about wanting to get him on an interview. Uh, I always loved going to lunch with this guy all the time. We used to work together back in the day, telling us all about his competitions and his cooking and things of that nature. And I just feel like whenever we hang out and like talk food, there's such a good vibe about it. I'm really excited to uh, really participate in some of his upcoming events and hopefully have a chance to actually get him to do some cooking for me. Uh, so that guys definitely enjoyed the show. So Jeff, tell us what you do in one to two sentences. With the company, with the company, right? Right. Sorry. Um, so we cater for uh, corporate events um, and private parties. We cater barbecue that is wood smoked um, in via indirect methods for uh, large events, like uh, mostly for corporate uh, companies and large private parties. So sensibly, you are a catering business for barbecue. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So how, how did you get into that? Have you always just been like a barbecue guy kind of guy? Like growing up in the south, like down in Memphis, Tennessee, just enjoying yourself down there and decide to move up here to Wisconsin to show off your skills? <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up in the dirty souths of Portage, Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> um and uh, that's that's a very that a lot of people in barbecue come from the south, but um, Wisconsin is actually starting to grow um, in the barbecue world. I mean, you know, we're not that far from um, what a lot of people consider to be the hub of all barbecue, which is Kansas City. Uh, we're not that far from there, and um, Wisconsin's growing in barbecue popularity. Um, how we got into it, um, I, I mean, me myself, I've always been into. I've always enjoyed culinary experiences and adventures and even from when I was a kid and asking my mom to – begging my mom to teach me how to make scrambled eggs, <laughs> you know. Um, so I've always enjoyed it and um, we got into serious barbecue back in 2008 when um, the guy that I do this with, his name is Pete, um, he had emailed me and said, hey, I think we should start a competitive barbecue team and I was like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> So that's kind of how we got into it. I thought, uh, I literally told him, I said, you know, the worst case scenario here is we'll get pretty good at barbecue and we'll go through some good whiskey. And that's like the worst thing that can happen. Mm -hmm. So so from there it kind of grew, you know. Nice. And and so like, are you guys the kind of guys that you come home from work, fire up the grill, it doesn't even matter what the season is and you just cook something on the grill for dinner? Is that the kind of lifestyle you guys are accustomed to? Or how did you and Pete just kind of, one day decide to get into the competitive barbecue. You know, that's a pretty well, big jump, um, you know? That's a big commitment. 
Yeah, it, it is. It is a very big jump. Um, I've always been the type of guy like I've I've always kind of grilled out year round. Um, you know, I never really I mean, you know, I mean, I guess it probably started from where one day in the middle of winter, I really wanted a nice grilled steak and didn't feel like going out for it. So, <laughs> you know, I trudged out the snow and, and lit up the, the, the grill. Um, but, you know, uh, heat is heat, whether it's hot out or cold out. So, um, you know, I've never had a problem grilling in the wintertime. And, and Pete and I both, kind of, we worked together at the time. And uh, we both had kind of talked about that sort of stuff. And um, we both shared a, a love for grilling. And uh, there was a lot of uh, wood-fired pizza. Uh, you know, a lot. there's a lot of great places like that in Madison um, that do that. And uh, just kind of talking about that and it's sort of just, I guess we just kind of took a, a leap there and he's like, Hey, I think we should start, uh, you know, doing competitive barbecue and I said, yeah, let's do it. And, and then, so we, you know, we went to a local contest not to compete in it, but just to talk to people. Um, we did a lot of talking with a lot of teams. Everybody's so friendly. Um, we talked with a lot of people about how they got into it and looked at a number of forums online. And of course at the time there was a ton of TV shows as well. So it was a great, easy way to get into it um, and learn a lot of information, um, you know, without having much experience, kind of looked at other examples of how to get into it. And so, like, did you guys have, like, a team name or is it just, like, uh, Jeff and Pete's Fantastic Barbecue when you guys showed up? So, I mean, you guys have been in so barbecue for a couple of years. We, um, so we, we compete, the name we compete under is called Smoke Syndicate. Um, and that was just a name that I came up with after several trial and errors um, between us and, and names that we came up with. The, t- the name that we compete under is called uh, the Smoke Syndicate. Um, the name that we use for the catering business um, is called Ironside Barbecue. Um, and uh, we went to that uh, just because we thought it was a little bit more mainstream um, and could be applied across a couple of different levels. Um, when you get into the competitive barbecue world, a lot of it is about, you know, trying to be funny or have some sort of a, a gig, I guess. There's a lot of weird names in the competitive barbecue world, but, um, we, that we competed under smoke syndicate and we still do compete under that occasionally, but right now our main focus is the catering company. Okay. And so at, uh, before we get into the catering company, I think I just want to know a little, a little bit more about the competitive food world is when you show up okay. to these competitions, people like me aren't going to go out there who like cook like, you know, once a week or something like that. Like, so everyone who's going to be there is going to be high quality cook or at least take it pretty seriously. What kind of separates mm-hmm. like the cream of the crop at a competition that like will make someone better than someone else, even though everyone's at that kind of higher level of like actually caring a lot about cooking to that degree. Sure. Sure. Well, there is, um, I mean, everybody that is doing the, the KCBS event and KCBS stands for Kansas city barbecue society. They're the governing body, I guess, of the competitive barbecue world. Um, everybody that's doing the full on KCBS events are competitors, but it's a lot like the world series of poker and that you can have a team that it's their first time competing and they can compete with what could be the best team in the country. Um, and it really is on a, any given Saturday kind of deal. But um, the teams that do well consistently, you know, they're doing things great. And what you find is there's a lot of teams that do really well consistently, and there's a lot of teams that don't do very well consistently. Um, what separates them is a mixture of secret recipes, processes, and equipment 
And uh, probably the biggest thing is just time. Um, you know, barbecue is one of the things where, you know, to cook uh, two of the two of the four categories are pork and brisket. Mm-hmm. They, they take 12 to 14 hours to cook. So just like a quarterback has to throw a, f- a thousand passes, you know, to get consistent, you've got to cook a lot. And when one practice session takes 14 hours of time to cook one brisket and then you find out. You know, you might find out or very early on, you will likely find out that your process wasn't very good <laughs> when you tried the end product. And that's very disheartening because then you've got to um, do it all again the next day or you might have to, you know, if you're, you know, most people are going to be working, they got to wait till next weekend to try it again. And in which case they'll have to, you know, spend another, you know, spend more money on meat um, to do it, you know. So it's a, a lot of, if you do get into barbecue, your neighbors will love you because you will have a lot of trial and error mm-hmm. to share. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, practice is probably, you know, the, the times that you go through it is a, is a big, big separator. But, uh, I mean, they do have events, you know, they have what they call backyard events where people like yourself or anyone that's casually into cooking could get into it without having to go against all the big guns, so to speak. And so do you guys have any uh, successes, uh, like wins, top threes, places, anything of that nature in uh, a couple of years of competing? Yeah, I mean, since 2008, uh, we've we've generally been a top 10 team. Um, the best finish that we had, we finished second overall at a contest, um, you know, out of, I don't know, 45 teams, something like that. But we generally, there's four categories. I don't think we've missed a call in a contest in a while. Um, it's uh, generally we've finished top 10, uh, probably brisket and ribs are our best category. Um, but it's a, it is one of those things where it's a moving target. Um, back when we used to do eight or nine contests a year, uh, we we're very consistently finishing in the top five. And then these last couple of years, we've slowed down a lot because um, we've both uh, both of our families have expanded, so that's taken a lot of time away from it. And uh, you know, there's one thing that barbecue contests take; it's a lot of time for mm-hmm. sure. And so, how did you guys kind of transform that uh, from a competitive? cooking for you know a couple times a year into Ironside barbecue what was kind of that transition like well you know we had uh, I mean since we've been doing it as we've sort of gotten better at our craft so to speak and more of our friends and family more of the people we talk to know that we do it um, and we've kind of taken stock I guess in the last three to five years of you know, we'll get a handful of offers a year to cater a job here or there. And um, we've never been licensed to do that. Um, that's not to say that, you know, people don't do that. I mean, if I know how to cook and my neighbor needs 20 pounds of pork, you know, I'll do that for him. But it's different than if you say, hey, you know, my company has a summer barbecue event and we need someone to cook us 100 pounds of pork and you know, this, that, and the other thing, you need to be licensed to do that legally and to do it properly. Um, and I guess over the last three to five years, we keep between each of us, you know, each of us gets three to five offers a year to do different things. And we kind of just, uh, uh, this off season, we spent, we spent our winter building a smoker. And, um, when we did that, we decided to make it big enough that we could, you know, cook for a large amount of people with it. And, Along while we were doing that, um, we went through the process to get licensed uh, by the health department in the state of Wisconsin to become a licensed catering company. 
So we have, you know, we, I mean, we've the the ten years of cooking that we've been doing and working on our recipes has really sort of laid all that background. It's not like we just sort of jumped into it. You know, we've got a lot of cooking experience. We basically just needed to check a box, so to speak, and get licensed. Okay. And cool. now we can do that on a larger scale. Um, and a big part of that was the building of the smoker, uh, you know, to give us the capacity to do it. Um, the smoker we were using before, we could pretty easily feed, you know, 50 to 100 people. And the one we have now, I mean, we could feed anywhere from three to 500 people. And so is this kind of like your, your full-time gig? And then do you guys just take that jump immediately from what you were doing? Or is this kind of still a part-time growing up on the side of the nights and weekends kind of scenario for you? Sure. It's very much still a part-time thing. We just, we literally, we just launched the company a couple of months um, prior, you know, on an official standpoint, but um, very much a a nights and weekends kind of thing. Um, It's a, you know, it's a, it's a long way to get there to it. Uh, We want to make sure that, you know, if we do, you know, whatever step we do take next, whatever it is, whatever it might be, is going to have to be justified from a, from the perspective of one, is this sustainable? And then two, you know, do we want to take this next step? What's the time commitment going to be? What's it going to turn out? You know, so I mean, every, uh, every step that we take, I mean, we're probably slower to move. Um, you know, we're not going to jump into anything that we're not a hundred percent ready for. That makes a total sense. I mean, you guys both have you know families to take care of, things that nature. yeah i think that's kind of the largest thing about entrepreneurship that people are afraid of is the risk factor right and so you right. guys are dabbling in you know something you're good at and something you enjoy but also kind of mm-hmm. you know, just doing it on a scalable basis like hey if we get like reservations for you know every weekend for like all the entire year maybe this makes right. sense to go full-time but it, is that something you guys do like what kind of is your target clientele like are you summer barbecues are you corporate events what's what's kind of your clientele like you mentioned you guys you know, made this huge cooker do you roll that into like an office space and say here's the pig we're cooking indoors or how does that all kind of work with what you guys offer well it's right it's all it's all got to be done outdoors because we're dealing with uh, we use an offset smoker which means at one end of the smoker is the firebox and we in there we we burn big splits of wood um, so there's a live fire in there. Um, it's not a, there's, there's no electricity hooked up to it. There's no gas or propane hooked up to it. So it just runs on wood. Um, and that's something that we take a great deal of pride in. But, um, when we, if we do, it, it depends on what the client wants, right? Um, we can cook a, a pig that would be up to 250 pounds that would feed, you know, 400 people. Uh, we could wheel that, you know, it's our, our smoker is on a trailer. So we would drive that up to a park and we could set up there and cook that pig there. Or if they want it delivered, it really depends on whatever the client wants. In some cases, we'll just drop off the food. You know, if they're, if they're having a party, we'll just drop it off. In some cases, we'll cook the food on site. It really has to be sort of customized to whatever the client wants. Um, our, our clientele for the most part, right now has been um, companies that are hosting sort of summer events for their employees or for their like customer appreciation events, things like that, where we're feeding anywhere from a hundred to 300 people. Um, One thing that we're talking about doing right now is working on sort of um, 
finding winter revenue, if you will. I mean, uh, barbecue catering in particular is primarily a summer event because most people don't really think about barbecue in the winter because as we stated at the start of this is that most people don't grill out in this in the winter time. Um, So, you know, we're talking about um, putting together like some smaller tailgate type packages that might give us the opportunity to reach a larger group of people with them without them having to commit to having 300 people over, you know, to cater a large event. So we're sort of putting together some ideas for that, um, you know, to maybe put something together for Badger tailgates or, you know, a Packer game, something, something along those lines that would be on a smaller scale. Um, but we would still be able to reach a number of people. So how, how would that work logistics wise? You guys cook up a bunch of food and you kind of like deliver it by like hand or whatever to the different parking lots, like on, you know, in Madison campus or people will come to you. Like you have like a place set up, like, you know, and then they, they, they come find you. How, how would that kind of work? Cause I mean, I, my parents have season tickets. I've been going to Badger games for like pretty much my entire mm-hmm. life. And I know how like crazy right. it is there and, how people love to party before and afterwards. Are you guys going to right. place on breeze right there? Like, Hey, as you walk by the stadium, like grab a lunch before you go in, like your 37 beers, you well, probably need some food before you walk in the stadium. <laughs> right. And that's, you know, that's a, that's one of the things that we're sort of uh, working out right now is um, how we want to do that. Um, the thing, you know, it, it, compared to, another business, you know, if, if I want to sell clay pots, um, I can pretty much set up in front of someone's house if they'll let me and I can sell my clay pots. Uh, <laughs> when you're talking about food and when you're involving the state and the health department, um, there's a lot of licenses uh, that have to be acquired, um, steps that have to be taken. If you're going to sell individual meals, you've got to, you know, acquire a different license and be subject to a different sort of inspection. So there's a lot more regulations that have to be followed um, just when you're dealing with selling people food um, for obvious, you know, health and safety reasons. So um, that's one of the things that we have have to sort of work out. Um, The thing that we've thrown around now is to try to find maybe like a centralized location and take our food to that location. And of course, the orders would have to be put in ahead of time. Um, with people because barbecue isn't something it's not like a hamburger where I can just cook it up in three minutes for you it's hey I need 10 pounds of barbecue and it's going to take me as the as the company it's going to take me 14 hours to do that so we need to generate orders you know a week ahead of time to be prepared for that and that's also to help mitigate the fact that you know I don't I'm we're not in a position to okay, we're just going to cook up 100 pounds of pork and hope that we sell it, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, we have to we have to work on selling everything that we do cook, you know. Makes sense. Makes sense. So how would, like, you differentiate yourselves from, like, competitors out there? There's quite a few other catering businesses, things of that nature. When you are talking mm-hmm. to potential clientele, what really differentiates you guys in your mind? Well, everything that we do, um, everything that we've sold and that we've put together, um, we've worked on our recipes for almost 10 years. Um, We've sort of, I mean, gone from the competitive world of barbecue where you're very much catering what you cook to a very specific group. And there's a very specific taste that wins in competitive barbecue. Um, And we've sort of 
done a, a good what I believe is a good transition between that and more of a mainstream barbecue flavor. Um, everything that we make, all of our rubs are made on our own. Um, we use all of our own rubs. Our sauce is something that we've created. Um, even right down to our baked beans, we make them from scratch. Um, so everything that we do is from scratch, um, recipes that we've developed over time and that we've really perfected. And the one thing that we focus intensely on right now as a new company, as a very small company in this space, is to really, really focus on every single meal and to really make sure that you stand behind every ounce of product that you put out there. And it's uh, it's obviously it's much easier to do as a smaller company because, you know, I'm not turning out 300 racks of ribs in a day. But the I think the biggest challenge in the slippery slope is that it's easy to slide down that, you know, you have to keep your quality standards as high as if you were cooking for your grandmother, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, her own baked bean recipe. You have to keep your standards that high every time for everything that you cook. And that's something that like uh, we take a great amount of pride in it. Um, you know, we, we've developed everything ourselves and we're very proud of that. We're not using any commercial rubs or sauces in what we use. Um, and on top of that, the wood fired aspect to our smoker and how we use it, it's not, a, it's not something, like I said, it's not something that gets plugged in or is hooked up to gas. I mean, we're loading sticks of wood into it every 45 minutes. Um, it's a lot of very early mornings and a lot of very late nights, you know, that take, uh, a long time and a lot of attention to detail. But, uh, we really believe that uh, our method puts out, uh, the best flavor and it's, uh, it's definitely not the easiest method. That's for sure. <laughs> but, um, something, it is something that we take a great amount of pride in and we feel sets us apart. Um, and I, I think there's also a great deal of, um, just in how you deal with the clients and making sure that, you know, understanding that they have a lot of options when it comes to catering and when they go through you um, you know we as the as the company as the people they're choosing we have to understand that and and really sort of acknowledge that and make sure that uh, that we're doing the best by them to give them the best experience make it easy for them to carry out their event in a lot of cases the people that are tasked with organizing these events are just that they've been tasked with it and maybe they've never put together an event like that. Whereas we do that all the time. So we can sort of help them through, Hey, this is probably a good way to develop a menu. Maybe have you thought about a vegetarian option for this, you know, sort of help walk them through that process and understand that, you know, their experience has a big part to do with whether or not they're going to call you back. Um, and that of course goes in conjunction with the food being as good as it possibly can be. And it makes a huge like difference, I think. I'm, I'm glad like you are that passionate about it. Like I've been to barbecues or weddings or things of that nature. I would never complain to someone that's working there, but I've like been sitting at a table where someone that like complain someone comes by and says, How was the food? And they're like, It was terrible. My food was cold, like my fish was dry. I'm like, Are mm -hmm. you serious? Like this guy probably has nothing to do with it. He's like a, a server. But to that to that <laughs> right. point though, like is I mean, it's good that you're passionate about it. So how do you guys kind of prepare food for, let's say, 200 people but make sure all their meals are, like, similar enough that it's, it's high quality, right? Because, like, you have some ribs on the front of the grill, some on the back. Like, you can't cook up and serve mm -hmm. everything all in five minutes' time. 
you have to kind of pace it out. How do you kind of deliver that with just you and one guy? Or do you guys have staff that helps you? How does that kind of all play together? Well, the, the biggest thing that you have to have is you have to have the proper equipment um, to handle it, whether it's warming equipment that's going to hold food after it's been cooked. Um, our cooker, I mean, we designed it ourselves and built it, and it does an amazing job of holding the exact same temperature on one side to the other. Um, so everything does cook very evenly in that. Um, it's a matter of knowing your equipment and knowing what you're cooking on. Um, you know, the cooker that I'm using is going to be different from the cooker that someone else is using. It doesn't mean we can't put out a good, the good or the same product. It means that that person has to know their cooker. And I have to know my cooker to know what it's going to do, you know, temperature wise so that I can time everything out. Because if you don't time out your meal properly and when everything gets finished, it can mean disaster on the end. You know, if your food isn't ready, if you agreed to have your your meal ready at noon and it's not ready, you're going to have hungry and angry guests. Yeah. <laughs> so it's something that takes a lot of planning. Um, you know, I, I have an event this weekend where, uh, you know, they want the, the meal to be served at 3.30. And so I've got to back that up. Okay, it's going to take me probably 16 hours to cook the food. It's going to take me, you know, a certain amount of time to get my cooker up to temperature. It's going to take me a certain amount of time to shred the pork after it's been cooked, you know, and to get it into the, into the serving trays, um, you know. So you have to back everything up. And there's a number of steps that go into each one of them. So you have to really lay out a timeline um you know i'm almost uh, we call it a play sheet but you've got to lay everything out where you've got every five minutes accounted for and what has to happen you know for each step um, and that goes the same with every different meat that you have offered you know for that event and every side dish so a lot of planning a lot of uh, a lot of checklists and and you know and and how everything's going to play out that makes sense. So where do you guys kind of see the company in five years? Do you think it's going to continue being part-time or do you think you guys are actually going to make the jump to uh, something full-time? Um, I don't know. I guess I, I couldn't I couldn't say that for sure. It kind of, you know, right now with starting it out, we've sort of agreed to, to take a year and um, push really hard and work really hard on what we've already put together and look at where things are at. Um, you know, it's a it's a matter of if the if the numbers work out, if it's a viable option for us. Um, I guess I couldn't, you know, I, the idea of having a full-on restaurant is a is a great idea, um, you know. But uh, everybody knows that it's not an easy business um, to be into, and of course, we know that as well. But uh, if it comes out to you know, if if things start to turn and and the business keeps going and and keeps growing. Um, at the rate that it is, then it's certainly something that's not out of the question. But I think one of the biggest errors or one of the biggest things that's easy to, it's it's very easy to get big eyes when you're a young company. It's very easy to look at it and say, yeah, we're going to do this. And then we set a timeline for, okay, we're going to do this in three years. And um, I think a lot of people maybe move a little faster than they should move if they've sort of predetermined when they're going to reach each step. And I guess the not that that's a bad approach, but the it differs from our approach has been, let's push hard and let's reassess, let's analyze where we're at, and then let's talk about options for the next step, if there is a next step. 
That makes so much you sense. It's, it's, it's so clear to me. I mean, not clear to me. Like, I've had an experience on the other end where people are like, I have this idea to do this. And then they like, come to me or come to whoever with the idea. And it's mm-hmm. like, hey, can you do like this amount of work and probably take this long? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. My, uh, my, my girlfriend uh, needs me to hang out with her for 14 hours a day. And I need to play my <laughs> video games and my Netflix isn't going to watch itself. So you should just do this. Right. Like, what? Like... All you do is come up with an idea. You know, go do some work yeah. and let me know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's very easy to get big eyes. You know, I mean, way way back when we started, just when we came up with the idea to do competitive barbecue, you know, of course at that time we were like, oh yeah, we're gonna have a restaurant and we'll have this, um, and then it, you know. Of course, at the time, we're sort of just talking really big, you know, but uh, we sort of agreed way back then, even when we didn't have any business plans, we agreed way back when that whatever steps we took, we almost wanted to sort of be forced into each step, you know, and that's kind of, like I said, how we developed this catering business was each one of us was getting a handful of offers a year to do jobs. And we thought, okay, well, it's probably worth, you know, putting the money in and creating this, you know? It makes a lot of sense. It seems like you guys have a great head on your shoulders. You have a great product. What's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Do you guys have a website, Facebook page? What's kind of the best way for people to get in contact with you if they want to come try out some of your sure. for their events? So we've got um, we've got a Facebook page. Um, it's just Ironside Barbecue. Um, our website is IronsideBBQ.com. Um, it's uh, it's still in its early stages, <laughs> but um, it's up. We've got some great pictures of the smoker and uh, the process. You know, some of the pictures of the build process for that, and lots of great food pictures. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Ironside Barbecue. Um, we try to take, uh, try to take pictures of uh, large quantities of food as we cook them, um, and share them with people. So <laughs> always fun to do that. Um, usually for stuff that we're, that we're doing, um, we'll promote it on Facebook or, you know, ask for, ask for different ideas. Um, we're starting to shoot some promotional videos and stuff like that, that kind of go through the cooking process and, uh, the, you know, the, the sundown to sun up. <laughs> the night shift as we call it um of cooking <laughs> large cuts of meat and you know splitting wood and loading it into the fire you know um all of that so we're working on uh putting together some videos for that um, which will be coming up uh, this winter and um you know putting together some other probably put together a good thanksgiving video for how to smoke a turkey um you know there because there's so many people that are interested in barbecue right now it's an exciting time for it um, it's fun to be able to pass knowledge on and hopefully someone will, you know, think of us when, when they need to feed 200 people exactly. <laughs> um, and we have the experience to do it. So perfect. Well, we'll definitely uh, put those in the show notes, links to those uh, different sites and Facebook page, et cetera. Well, Jeff, anything else Great. you want to leave our listeners with before we take off? Um, I, I, I'd say just go barbecue and uh, get out there and do it. If you're interested in barbecue, just try it. Um, it, and it's most basic format. It's meat and heat and get into it, get excited about it. Um, if you uh, need barbecue, certainly, uh, consider Ironside and, uh, thanks for, thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks Jeff. Much appreciated. All right. Well, if your mouth isn't watering from, you know, 
wanting to eat some of that delicious food he was describing, I don't know what's wrong with you. Maybe you just don't like barbecue. <laughs> but that's about the only reason I can accept right about now. I am so hungry. I am about to run in and grab some uh, southern barbecue right here about 30 seconds after putting this little bit together. But to reach out to Jeff, feel free to check out his stuff at ironsidebbq.com. Check him out on Facebook, Ironside BBQ, Instagram, Ironside BBQ, and of course we have that linked up in the show notes. But I'm super excited for this guy. He's always had such a huge love for food. Uh, I don't know how he does manages everything with work, business, family, just all around great guy. If you have a chance to try some of his food, you will not be disappointed. If you like Southern food, this will blow you away. Definitely check him out. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. We just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors for the month, Latino Fashion Week. Save the dates, ladies and gentlemen, uh, September 29th to October 1st. You don't want to miss the arrival of the 10th year anniversary for Latino Fashion Week Chicago, a decade of elegance. Join the Latino Fashion Week movement during this three-day celebration of Chicago's fashion with a red carpet media reception. This will be featuring collections of local, national, and international designers who will be present in his or her most stunning styles and dynamic designs. In addition, during the opening evening, their annual local celebrity catwalk will include familiar faces from television, radio, in the social circle that support Latino Fashion Week and will strut the runway. A couple of events they have lined up are opening night, a night of opulence. Day two will be Memories de la Moda, and closing night, Saturday night, the Black Swan Soiree. Go ahead, check out tickets. I have it linked in the show notes. Be absolutely phenomenal. I will be at all of the events. Come say hello. It will be absolutely incredible. Not anything you want to miss. That's it for today, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. Yeah.